Greetings, Wargamers. We're your hosts, Trevor, Jay, Josh, and this is Shane Attack. Attack. is sponsored by Discount Games Incorporated. Discount Games Incorporated specializes in customer service, low prices, and prompt shipping. You can find our web store at www.discountgamesinc.com. Welcome to Chain Attack. I'm your host, Trevor, and I am almost finished with the Dresden File series for the second time. Are you finally on new books then? No, I'm not on new books yet, but I'm getting very close. Uh, I mean, they are feeling a little like new books because <laughs> you don't remember them at all. Because I, I really don't remember them very well. I mean, remember some of the, you know, the main points, but I don't necessarily remember the endings. Uh, I am Jay, and I'm I'm playing Final Fantasy XIV. <laughs> uh, and I'm Josh, and I have beat my current roguelite obsession one time now, thanks to the power of bears and their armor. So there you go. Which which one is that? Banners of Ruin, Banners which of ruin. it looks. I would basically describe I, at this it point, as you just have like red wall. Oh, geez, go on, Jay. An Ask alert me the set up. An yes. alert set up for any roguelike, <laughs> so that you can <laughs> purchase it. <laughs> yeah, Steam is like you know how it curates a suggested uh-huh. list view. It just threw away everything else. It's just like just throw roguelites at this guy all day, every day. Yeah. <laughs> My my brother gave me a psychoanalysis a couple days ago on it. He's like, because I was telling him how I'd reached a Zen state about that I it didn't bother me as much anymore to not finish a game, right? I was okay to just taste a piece of it. And he's like, yeah, but that's why you like roguelites is because you can theoretically finish the game, uh, you know? <laughs> I'm like, why don't you shut up? That's what I said to him. So, so does that mean like if you beat Hades once, you consider that you finished it? Right, yeah. I mean, it feels like you get, you know, a, a full meal <laughs> out, <laughs> out of roguelites. And I think he's right. I did realize that about myself a little bit. Talking about the description of the Banner game. Uh, yeah, so, I mean, Banners of Ruin is basically, it looks to me like Redwall the game, or Redwall the roguelite at this point, because you are leading a party of between one to six highly anthropomorphized medieval animals to assault this city and take vengeance on the tyrant that, that took the city from your people or whatever. And so it, it does a lot of the same things that your Slay the Spire does, right? There's three different levels. Basically at the end of each level, there's a boss you you're on a path, but it's kind of interesting because the path is essentially hidden from you. Every, Every round, you have one of three choices that might take you into combat or a, a or an encounter, you know, or a opportunity to buy more cards for your deck or whatever. And then, like, you know, your deck is affected by the party members that are in it, plus just what you know what you buy in general. 
um anyway it just does a lot of cool stuff and um it was i found it to be i believe the technical term is hard as balls okay (laughs) but like because i basically i had basically beat the first boss a few times but then i would just get smoked over and over again (laughs) and then like the time that i almost won it it was the funniest thing i had like i'd saved it I, like I finally got all my family to asleep one night and I'm like, I go down, I open it up and I'm, I'm down to one guy. Like my whole party had been slaughtered and I'm like, Oh, I'll just finish this combat. Cause I'm going to lose. And then that one guy became Rambo, the mouse basically. And like <laughs> I went almost the whole rest of, of the game. I mean, it helped that he picked up two beaver bodyguards, you know, and they, they were thrashing. And then I, I look up and it's like two, 2 a.m. Um, I guess let's see: mouse, bear, uh, weasel, wolf, rabbit, beaver. Those are the six animals, I think. Okay, so no, no pugs. Oh, oh, that would no, that would be amazing. All right, well, I'm not gonna buy it then. Yeah, probably not. It's probably it's probably <laughs> not right for you. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I, need, I need Pugmire the roguelite. Pugmire the roguelite, yeah. Dang, if this had pugs, that's how I would have pitched it to you, too. You would have instantly won. <laughs> anyway, I liked a lot about it. It scratched it scratched a, a lot of the right itches. And I and like I said, I just found the art style to be really, really fun. So I, did we talk about this before? That name sounds familiar, but I, we talked about a lot of rogue, roguelites. <laughs> I, I mean, I probably, like, confessed to having bought it or some dumb thing. Okay. Um. But yeah, it's and we talked about. I mentioned it on the Discord that I was excited to talk about it. But what's the name of it again? Banners of Ruin. I'm always interested with these if I just suck though. Like I wish that I had a control group who was like a good video game player that would just at the same time that I'm playing video games would be playing them, you know, alongside them, so I could be like, oh yeah, he figured it out in one day. It took me a, a month or whatever. Is that why you stopped playing Roadbook? Do you mean because I beat it? No, because you didn't feel like you could hang with me or something. Oh no, <laughs> no, I just got I got sucked in by the art style on oh, this, okay. and by my new tendency to just like like Jay said, follow the alerts for a new roguelite, buy it, and try it. So is this um, Banners of Ruin? It looks like it has a card element. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah, it does. Uh huh. Um, Are the cards determined by the characters you have in your party? So. The character's equipment provides some of the cards, and then you also just have uh, your deck has some base cards in it. The, sorry, their equipment and their talents determine the cards. Okay. And so it's interesting because like there's some cards that only a certain character can use, and then you know there's other cards that are like universally available for the party. So if you lose lose a character like you did in your example, are those <laughs> yeah. cards still in your deck, and you got to figure out a way to get rid of them? They're dead, and like when you draw them mid-game, you. So the, yeah, I mean, there's a couple ways that you can end up getting rid of them. If you draw them mid-game and you can't play them, of course, they will get banished. You know, which is, just means you're not gonna. They're not gonna reshuffle into the deck during that combat. But then the other mechanism that you can use, which I think is kind of what what's intended for to use, I guess? Question mark. I'm I'm guessing a little bit, right? Uh, there's a mechanism called ruining cards. That basically turns them into like it's almost like the animal went feral and you know it's doing some kind of attack that usually damages itself and you know damages the opponent. 
anyway, so you you ruin a card, and that's an, that'd be another way you might get rid of, um, you know, leftover equipment that your dead party that your dead party. I'm sorry, I'm getting teary just remembering <laughs> some of the beautiful mice that have died in my service. But anyway, yeah, it can. Um, like this final... podcast is bad for my wallet. I just want you two to know that. <laughs> I'm kind of yeah. buying well, so, that I should So is buy. our Discord chat for mine. Yeah. And this podcast, but you know. Anyway, it, it's been a lot of fun. It, but like seriously, the the difficulty curve I don't feel is very well dialed because all of a sudden you could be in a boss fight and and at one point in time like your guys's hit points are like. I'm going to say they're in like the 30 range, maybe 30 to 50 kind of thing. There was a dude that a main boss that hit for like 260 all of a sudden. And I was just like, okay, I guess we're done here. (laughs) But then, you know, the next moment you couldn't be Rambo mouse. Hmm. I was just looking through my, my steam log. And I know we talked about this on the show and I know that I bought it because we talked about it, but I literally remember nothing about it. Jupiter hell. I know we at some point it's basically Doom the original roguelite like it feels like an OG roguelite like you know where it was all ASCII characters and that's I, what Jupiter Hell feels like I was just looking through my library and I'm like I don't remember purchasing this game <laughs> <laughs> amazing um I I guess I can pause our discussion long enough to plug discount games inc uh check it out i hear it's a pretty great website (laughs) (laughs) i've been there i can also recommend this website (laughs) i i feel like i need to uh start being like some of the professional podcasters that get like ad copy and then make fun of the ad copy as i'm reading it i love ad (laughs) copy so much <laughs> so, but, but there's, in this there's, case, you'd be writing your own ad copy that you were making. Yeah, I guess I'd be writing my own ad copy and then uh, say like, "What a what a loser this person is." That, what this <laughs> is <what> <laughs> I'm here for that. It's true, all of it. <laughs> uh, speaking, of, Brian and I uh, rewatched all the Star Wars movies. Wow uh within like a week or two uh recently and i think the thing that stuck out to me the most on this rewatching is just like how much missed potential the final trilogy has like i don't think that it's like egregiously bad like the prequel trilogies are it just could have like, I feel like, so I, I, I don't have kids, but I feel like I'm a father who's like just disappointed in their child who hasn't reached their potential. <laughs> You're literally saying to star Wars, I'm not angry at you. I'm just disappointed. Correct. Yeah. <laughs> I think it, I think it gets made all the worse by having like the Mandalorian as this shining beacon of like, Oh, oh it is what, what can be done basically. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The, the favored son who does no wrong. And then the ne'er do well <laughs> child. that <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. Uh, another thought that kind of jumped out with me is that 
the the original trilogy i've always thought and and this is still pretty true um that the special of the the special effects of the movies um have held up remarkably well for how old the movies are but yeah you are 100 percent right but like, they're still they're still starting to it's we've now reached the point that uh they're they're starting to show their age a little bit more <laughs> <laughs> it is still remarkable though um do we want to let's i guess let's transition and start talking about a book that i recommended to you josh so you you finished it i'm almost done with it it's a collection of short stories uh what has what's been your thoughts on it so far josh uh mostly i have enjoyed uh like eight out of ten of the stories i have just have been like totally sucked into there's there's really only maybe one that was kind of a little disappointing right but like and, and look, let's face it. Jay made the pitch on this book by telling me that it was it contained the short story that inspired or was essentially the foundation for the movie Arrival by this uh, director you may have heard of. His name is Dennis Villanova. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you guys knew that. <laughs> I didn't know that, Josh. Yes. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, I, I believe you mispronounced it, but that's fine. Yeah, I'm sure I butchered it too. Like, uh, anyway, so it well, so humorous that the, the host that speaks Portuguese slipped <laughs> <laughs> over his name. But continuing, uh, so I did. I texted my daughter with whom I originally watched Arrival. And, you know, that's one that's kind of one of those fond movie watching memories that is a little bit like lightning in a bottle. You know, I don't think you'll ever catch it again. Uh But I texted her after finishing the short story and I was like, man, I found the short story just as compelling as the movie. And and I was thinking about it with her, too. And I'm like, but I also don't know if I can ever watch that movie again, because like kind of the question that it addresses is so triggering in a lot of ways, you know, Mm. like. It's this question of if you've read from the book of ages, if you know the future, do you just go forward, you know, knowing the future, like duty bound to make that future still come to pass kind of thing. Anyway, I think it's a fascinating question and he does a really good job answering it in the short story, you know, same way he does in the movie or similarly to how the movie does it. So, so I think I've said this before on the podcast that like there's and I don't I guess I haven't defined the list, uh, but there's certain movies I just considered perfect movies. And I I think that Arrival is is one of those movies. And so I was curious how I would think that the movie stacked up to the the short story. story. Mm hmm. And there are some differences, um, which is not surprising, right? Um, one of, one of the big ones is that, like, kind of the whole plot of, in the movie, of the, um, the nations are kind of jealously guarding the information that they're, you know, learning from, from the heptoids, right? Talking, yeah, talking to the aliens and, 
you know, they're about to go to war, etc. Um, that's none of that is really present in the short story. Um, which is, is fine, obviously. Um, but I guess I'm, I'm curious, what did, what was your thoughts on the comparison between the two, Josh? Well, I mean, cause for me, the thing that stood out is that it, it, it's, it's, it's kind of hard because I, I'm not sure if I could have read the short story. I'm not sure how I would have reacted to the short story without the having watched the movie. Right. Right. Because you kind of, one of the things the movie does is it does, uh, I'm sure there's a better term for it, but it has a sort of Shyamalan, you know, right. Yeah. Uh, twist that's really well delivered and, and fun and compelling. Right. And that twist is sort of, woven differently into the short story but still there in my estimation you know but it's like because i'd seen the movie i knew that it was there and so it kind of informed my experience of the book a little differently right yeah Uh, it's it's kind of like reading you know the short story that the sixth sense is based on right already watched the sixth sense yeah yeah it did feel a little bit like that i mean so what what happened is like some of the some of the incidences in the short story, like I'm going to talk about like the salad bowl moment, right? Sure. Yeah. Really hit hard that like almost gave you like a temporal vertigo. Right. And I was like, wow, that's really cool how they did that. And it felt a little bit like tasting that twist from the movie again. Right. And then kind of the, the closing paragraphs of the short story had that same effect again. It was like, even though I knew it was there, it gave me that sort of, temporal vertigo and a, and a little bit of almost an emotional whiplash you know um but yeah like I, as far as the other differences i mean you know the sort of the cooperation instead of the conflict you know um i i you do miss it a little bit right because some of that tension right that's in the movie really really kind of pulls you along the story right and there's a little bit of the tension in that like you know the military wants one thing and you know the state department you know wants stuff yeah. from, right Main it's characters it, it like, does feel like here to study kind of thing right it does kind of feel like the short story is a little bit more so a you know sci-fi introspection on what is the meaning of free will yeah right right a, right a little bit less so than the or the movie is does that a little bit less in in my opinion yeah very much so cuz it really only the movie's really only asking that question in the final seconds. And it's, you know, it's easy to not even to hear that question. This is Hollywood constantly talks down to us. Like we can't understand something that is more, <laughs> uh, I'm not wrong. No, no, that's fair. <laughs> well, well, it's partly the medium. I too. mean, if you I mean, like go have a conversation with the average <laughs> human and then realize that 50% of people are dumber than that. <laughs> I mean, uh, they're not wrong. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, I guess, I here comes my faith in humanity more than that, but I'll just I'll let it go. It's always I, so weird that you're the one that has that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I you know I I put on the good facade here, Josh, but in real life, <laughs> uh, I don't know. I I I agree, you know that that it is true that a lot of people that we talk to on a daily basis are just seem unintelligent. Um, because they probably are, <laughs> but I just feel like that Hollywood maybe takes it to an extreme sometimes. Like they can, 
they can give us this message of of talking about free will and still provide an entertainment to everybody else who doesn't get that. I I don't don't think you have to, I don't think you have to do one or the other. I think you can do both, but still that's part of what to Jay's point about, um, you know, arrival being a perfect film. I feel like it does that pretty good. Like, cause you, you know, at the end I was just like, I basically like had to lay down cause I, I was just so blown away by, where the where the movie took us, you know. It's hard for me to comment because I haven't read the story. It is kind of on the my eventual, you know, list. Yeah, but, but you've watched the show. You watched the movie though, right? Yeah, multiple times. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah it's so. it's. I mean, can you get more up my alley? <laughs> <laughs> no, not really. Yeah, it's a fair yeah, point. Okay. <laughs> so. I, I was talking with Brian during one of our walks about the book and said that I had recommended it to you, Josh. And like, he kind of gave me this look of horror and was like, <laughs> you know, why are you an awful person that would do this to your friend? Did, was, he, was he concerned about the, um, I don't want to call it some of the religious themes, I guess is probably the way. No, I would say no, it. no, it oh. was, it was, I mean, uh, you know, one of the themes of the movie slash book is dealing with the death of a child. Right, right. And so he, he was like, why would you <laughs> why would you have Josh read that? <laughs> uh, and I was like, well, he, he kind of knew what it was going to be about with the movie. And so I guess I would feel a little bit... Uh, better or worse if if it blindsided you i guess but was what was i guess how was that aspect of the 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 book for your experience well um i mean it was pretty honestly it was pretty thought-provoking you know and and for me i mean we're coming up on i I mean honestly let's see will the will our listeners get this recording today i forget or will they get it next thursday um if i well, depends on if they're it, well, anyway, subscribers or whatever. Yeah, Timey wimey. If they're, they're Patreon subscribers, they will get it today. If they're okay, not, they'll get it a week go. from so, today. Patreon subscribers will know that like next Tuesday, I will not be around because that for us has become what we call Han Day because that's the day that our son suffered, you know, major brain trauma and and so it's just kind of the day that we really lost him, you know, even though mm-hmm. he yeah. survived for another six months, and uh, and so we kind of take that time to remember him and you know celebrate him and just be together as a family kind of thing and and it's interesting because like so we're at year three is what i was that was a long way of saying that you know we're at year three and you just have to keep processing it feels like you just and so for me this was not a uh damaging processing i guess you know it i got to the point in the story where it really made me reflect on that you know and and because the story basically asks you the question of like if you knew that, would you still go through your life, right? right. Unable to prevent it, would you go through your life? And it's like right. me in that moment of, you know, having that thought, I was like, wow, I would. You know, I still would because, you know, for the 10 years that that it, it was, and in the story I think her, she has her daughter for 25 years or something like that, right? You still would. It's nuts, you know, and it's like and I think it's a question that you can answer not just for like 
the loss of someone, you know, like dying in your life. But I think it's a, an incredible question you can answer about the loss of love, you know, the loss of friendships of, of, you know, just loss in general that, you know, if you knew that was going to occur, would you have gone through everything that came before it still? And, uh, you know, so for me, it was a kind of a meditative question. I was glad to, to have the question come upon me, but it was definitely like, you know, provoking. Like, and so, and that's partly why I said to my daughter, I'm like, I'm not sure I could watch Arrival again, but let's be honest. If somebody was like, Hey, will you watch this movie with me? Especially if they'd never seen it. I would be like, yeah, let me just get some really quiet popcorn here. Cause I got to see this. <laughs> oh, that's funny. But you know, the other, the thing about the book is like, the recommend was so fun for some of the other stories. I mean, the other way you sucked me in was describing the first story about miners climbing the tower of Babylon. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that story was like just fun and, and totally didn't, it just totally didn't end the way I expected it to, you know? The, uh, so I will say that the, you know, the type of book that I usually end up reading or enjoying is stuff like, you know, John Scalzi or Jim Butcher that are, you know, just kind of light, entertaining reads that in a lot of ways are more escapism than anything else. Yeah, or, right. Or entertainment. And, you know, this book definitely is not. <laughs> uh, no, right. That in, in any way, it's, it's, uh, they are short stories that are, you know, kind of thought provoking and, um, in a lot of ways, a lot of them are kind of strange. Um, but not necessarily in a bad way. <laughs> Let me ask you guys a question. In the, I'm going to sit in the, the seat of the listener for a moment and just say, if I'm not the type of person who generally reads short story collections, you know, my, my experience with short story collections is I end that, up that is me. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I end up enjoying some of them, but but the vast majority of them are, you know, I could take them or leave them. Uh, and, you know, in the end, they're not something that I generally reach for because of that experience. How would you sell that to me? Oh, would you like to read? No, would you like to experience the teaser trailer for, I'm going to say, five fascinating worlds? Hmm. I'm going to say no. OK, I'm that's fair. Because, really... I mean, to but, me, that's what the... that's what this became. Several of these were like. I was like, I finished the story and I'm like, that would be a really cool, like, you know, movie or series or whatever. Like, Here's the difference in the five teaser trailers that you show me. I I'm being teased a final product in this particular case. You're teasing me with something that probably ne is never going to exist. Yeah, right. That probably is the final product. Right. Yeah. And that that's that's a bitter pill for me to swallow. That's interesting. Sure. I think the um. I think the two reasons that I have enjoyed the book as someone who is not a short story reader um, is that uh, there's, there's kind of two reasons. The first one is that I can read one of his short stories and when I finish it, one of the things that, that one of the feelings or thoughts that I'll have is I'll just be kind of 
in wonderment that there is someone that is so skilled at writing <laughs> that they were able to accomplish what they did in that story. In that span of time. In that span of time. Yeah. And yeah. And, and also just like the, the technical ability or the, like, I, I, I just believe that he is one of the best authors technically of any author I've read. And I've read a lot of authors <laughs> and it's, I, I think that he's, I, I think that his skill as an author is astonishing. Um, so if, if that's something that if you, if you just enjoy reading someone who's a very good author, that's, that's one selling point, uh, in my opinion. It does help that, that they're all written by the same guy, right? Yeah, they mm-hmm. are. Yes. Yeah. 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 That is, that is a boon. Um, yeah. It's not an anthology. It's a collection of his short stories and stuff. Yeah. And I'm assuming that they're probably the collection of his, of hand picked. You know what I mean? They're, they're, they're right. some of the better ones. Right. Um, so that, that does improve, I guess, my perception of it. Um, although, you know, one of the, the books that I, uh, started to read and ended up putting down cause I, there was just such inconsistency with my enjoyment of it was an anthology of, of Lovecraft books of Lovecraft short stories. I just, oh, interesting. you know, some of them I enjoyed, some of them I didn't, they were hit and miss. And, and, you know, it wasn't a writing problem. It was just that some of them just never really caught on for me yeah um, but some of them were great i really enjoyed some of those but i just didn't make it through i ended up putting it down and not finishing it because of that um so i i'm willing and, to give it a shot i it's not like i look at a book and go oh it's short stories i'll never touch that i it's just right generally not drawn to them because i just don't i guess don't right. think about it and do you i guess what's your what's your reaction to the that statement that i just um, have Josh, did, did you kind of feel, have similar feelings or am I overrating his, his writing? Yeah, no, I like, honestly, like I said, there's probably only one of the stories that I didn't, just didn't feel, you know, technically astonished by which, uh, which one was division by zero, which it was interesting. Like if I were wanted to read a bunch of rules about math, you know, like the history of math, I guess was kind of interesting, but I just didn't, I didn't connect with the story as well as I did. Um, the others. I, yeah. I, I like that one more than kind of the alternate, uh, evolution one. Oh, the evolution of human science. You mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. That one was just too short. That was just like an essay. That... No, no. The one that was just before that, the one. Oh, oh understand. Yeah. The one called understand. Uh, that's English. interesting. You like Division of Zero by Zero better, huh? Yeah. Understand struck me like a movie that I feel like is out, like Limitless or something like that. Oh no, that's I like that one as well. No, I'm talking about the the one that's kind of like the weird science where they're creating people in test tubes. Mm, I don't remember that one. So clearly it didn't impress me. Okay, I guess not. <laughs> not, the, not the one with the golems. Yeah, that that one. Oh, oh really? Oh, I thought that one was like. Oh. Yeah, I didn't like that one. That 72 letters is what that one's called. That's interesting. You didn't like that one. Okay. Yeah, that one was interesting, I thought. So. It, it, yeah. I, I do think it's uh, uh, interesting that, you know, this is probably true of any collection of short stories, but, you know, we had a, um, different reactions to, to different stories. So. Right, right. Yeah, no, that makes sense. Um, he does have, last year, he came out with another 
book that is another collection of short stories. Is that one um, called Exhalation or something like that? Yeah, I think so. My my plan is to uh, read a, a few more. Once I'm done with this one, read some more. Uh, Big boy books. You know, entertaining. No, uh, you know, trashy. You know, Old fiction. <laughs> yeah. And then I'll then I'll be ready to read some more. You need to find your next Scalzi. It's true. Yeah, I am. I am excited for his uh, next kaiju novel. So we'll see how that goes. I don't actually think is the first one out. I don't know if I read the first kaiju one. Uh, that that is his first one. Oh, oh, you're saying you're excited for his next novel, which is the first kaiju. Yes. One. Yes. Okay. 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 I got you. Well, I guess I would be interested in hearing what you guys think of the book if any of you check it out um i i thought it was quite interesting so i was grateful for the recommend the real quick i guess the other thing that i think i said there were two reasons why i would um recommend it or things that i see as selling points um one of the things that a lot of really good science fiction do is they they make you think about lots of different stuff different moral questions or life or you know etc and a lot of a lot of the the sci-fi i read is is more space opera and less philosophical but um i I felt like this did did a fantastic job of living up to that tradition and so if you enjoy you know reading a story and then contemplating um you know kind of like the experience that josh talked about like you know if i you know, how would I respond if I was going through this experience? Um, I think that his his stories were very good with that. Um, so I I was gonna we have I think just a little bit of time left. I was gonna tell you guys about one thing that I thought was kind of interesting with Final Fantasy fourteen. I'm not sure if this is in other MMOs or not. Maybe it is. Um, I, I don't think I've encountered it in other ones, but they have a, a system in it. So in in that game, you're going through the game and there is a main storyline that you are following and that has a main storyline quest. And as part of it, you'll have, there's various points where you're, you will end up having to go th- do dungeons with the party if you're wanting to progress your storyline. And most of them are, you, you can do it with a group of friends if, if you're all playing it together. or But most of the time, people end up doing kind of a, a group finder, dungeon finder uh, queue. Um, and one of the things that I think is interesting with it, and I think it's kind of an interesting bit of kind of social engineering, is that, you know, I'm I'm used to, like, playing World of Warcraft, where you'll... You'll do a random dungeon, and there will be someone that sucks, and someone will initiate a vote, take them out of the group, <laughs> and you know it. There's there's no way that that it can go that makes you feel good because either like <laughs> you vote yes, and then you feel bad because you kick someone out, or you're the person that kick, gets kicked out. I was like, I'm, I'm the person that's getting kicked out. I'm pretty right. sure, but. or. Or like you vote that they should stay and and they get kicked out and then you get angry or you vote that they should stay and you know they stay and then they 
end up wiping the group or there's a bunch of tension with the group. <laughs> like it's just all bad all down the road, right? And so maybe maybe Final Fantasy does actually have a, a way to kick people out of groups. I I haven't had that experience yet. But um one of the things that they do that I think is interesting instead of like kind of the the kick or the negative format is one that's a little bit more positive where at the end of the group, when you're done, you can do a player commendation for you. You pick one of the other people in your group and they get a commendation and the commendations, they, however, you can, you can look at your character on your character sheet and see your reputation and it will list how many, you know, character commendations you've earned over the lifetime of your uh, playing your character. Um, you can get like when you have 10 player commendations, you get a new title that is, uh, the titles, the heart of the party. And <laughs> okay. then they have another one at 50, you know, et cetera, onwards up to like 3000 player commendations. Okay. Jeez. Um, I think you can get gear that maybe as well, where you have to, um, uh, have a certain number of commendations before you can wear that gear. But the social engineering part of it that I think is, is kind of interesting is that, you know, I think there's also, there's a lot of games where um, people are just kind of assholes to each other online. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, I don't know if it's because of this system or some other reason, but I really haven't had that experience in in Final Fantasy. You're living in a what if universe, Jay. <laughs> what if people on the internet weren't assholes to each other? <laughs> what, so, if, what if Tichalo was the Star person on the other head end of the headset? <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I've I've not seen this before in, in MMOs. I have seen it um, in MOBAs. And uh, the first place I ever saw it was uh, League of Legends, and okay. it was impl- implemented in a attempt to solve a, for lack of a better word, an asshole problem that League uh-huh. of Legends still has to this day. Right. Um, yeah. I mean. Yeah. But um, it it is a system where you um, give people a. There are commendations and other things, and I haven't played it in a while, several years, to to be fair. So I'd, it's probably changed since then. But it is they did have a commendation system basically where you um, gave people, um, you know, kudos for being good teammates, um, or you know, downvoted somebody for not being a good teammate. And I will say that it was implemented during the time that I was playing, and it did improve the general attitude of the game however that said it didn't solve all the problems right but i think that and it also i not to interrupt or you know whatever but it it does kind of seem like when you already have a culture that's having problems and i don't know it it seems like it's it's a lot harder to course correct or to you know completely change the culture of a game than yeah you know anyways well, I mean, there's the 
there's the complete opposite of that, which is the game that I play quite frequently, which is World of Tanks. It's run by a Belarusian company. Right, right. And their cultural difference between there and here is such that their their response to complaints about the community is more like, you know, buck up, buttercup, we don't care. Right, yeah. You know. <laughs> well, and it's also, you know, obviously you know, when you're playing an MMO and it's – essentially a huge cooperative game that's a lot different than league of legends as well that it is a competitive game it is a competitive game and so yeah it's it's a lot harder to uh, keep that's going to bring good, out good attitude when you're losing uh, time after right. time because of bad teammates right um in a situation where you know if you're losing in an, in an mmo or a pve situation um it's a little different you know somebody's not pulling their weight or whatever but you you don't necessarily, I guess it's something, sometimes it feels like one person can carry more people, which that doesn't happen very often in competitive games, to be fair. You know, there's, in human-on-human games, it just, it's hard to carry when you're dealing with not AI. Right. right. So, but, you know, I, I think that it's something that more games should implement going forward, you know, before these sorts of right. cultures. Right. Right. I think you want to do it at like the start of your game launch and, you know, try to, like you said, create that culture from the start. I think if I were involved in a new game launch and, and I felt like there was no, there was no attempt at keeping the community clean, I would probably, that would be a red flag for me, even though I, I say that, but I play one of the most uh, toxic games toxic. <laughs> games in the world right now. <laughs> <laughs> but and it doesn't it honestly doesn't bother me but um maybe that's because i've played a lot of toxic games and i'm at the age of, in my life where i don't really care you know just doesn't you're, des- you're desensitized yeah maybe <laughs> real quick i'll say one last thing about final fantasy that i appreciate is that i i like games where I will think to myself, I want to play this game because it is fun to play this game, and so I want to go have fun. And I will contrast this with World of Warcraft, where, like, the number of times where Brian has told me, like, I have to log into WoW because if I don't do, you know, this daily quest or this weekly quest that is about to expire, uh, I'm going to fall behind and I'm not going to be able to get, you know, X widget gadget on time for this piece of loot that I want on time, etc. And you know, there were points where you know, WoW felt like a part-time chore list or part-time job instead of this thing that you log in because you want to go experience a fun experience. And like I, it just blows my mind that there's so many different parts of the game industry that are kind of that same hooking people to log in to do a you know a chore or a task or whatever well it's interesting to me that um, the industry has just kind of gone through some changes over the years of marketing models right world of warcraft really hit their stride during the monthly subscription model and they're still they're still behind that model and you know it is their intent is that if they can continue getting you to log in each day, that you will continue to subscribe. 
Right. And, you know, that model's been taken from there and gone to the, uh, you know, if we get you to log in every day, eventually you'll buy some of our, our uh, microtransaction items. Right. Right. You know, it's just evolved in, in, into the next evolution, which I don't know what the one's going to be beyond that. That one's actually held on longer than I would have liked. Um, I'm sure I, it's going to be like some awful perversion of <laughs> life and humanity. I'm, I mean, I again, I say that, yet I play a free-to-play game that has... Uh, I hesitate to call them microtransactions that are like megatransactions. Uh, so, you know, whatever it is. But it seems like all of the, the big games at this point... You know, my son plays... Um, a newer free-to-play game. He plays Apex Legends, and it's filled with microtransactions. It just, you know, that's kind of where it's all evolved, and it feels like that's the successful model. So that's kind of where it's going to go for maybe another ten years or more before it changes again. Oh, I can't wait until <laughs> I can be like, back in my day, we would buy our games, and we liked it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I I wait for that to, you know, for history to make full circle. For some game to say this is a one-time purchase, you know, you just you pay, you know, your sixty-dollar purchase or whatever, and then there will never be more microtransactions. All updates will be provided free, and we'll be like, "Yes, in my day, that's exactly what you got." <laughs> Along with the, they promised, you know, updates, but never never give them. Anyways, those were some of my random musings on things. Anything else from you guys? What if is really good, and I can't wait till we have an episode on the whole series or season, I suppose. But are you, are you watching them the basically the day they come out? Yes, it's it's the current Wednesday evening tradition for the Weezer Clan. Nice. I actually forget that they're coming out on Wednesdays, so you know we were kind of doing the Friday thing, so we end up almost always watching them on Friday. Well, still reasonable. Yeah. I uh, my dark geek secret right now is that. I thought the first two were were kind of just okay. Oh, that is dark. <laughs> that is dark. <laughs> we'll, we'll leave it there before I get like tarred and feathered and yeah. Out as well. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thanks for listening, and let us know what you guys think of things. <laughs>